Oh, hey, everybody. What's up? Uh, comedy dates before I get to the sponsors. The next one I got is a Ryman in Nashville. Ryman Theater. What is it? Ryman Auditorium or some shit? Uh, that is May 20th with Super Twink, a.k.a. the Golden Pony, a.k.a. Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, then the Fillmore in San Francisco on uh, June 10th and 11th, but that shit sold the fuck out. And then the Ka Theater in Vegas on July, on, yeah, July 8th, uh, which is the day before the big UFC 200. And that is, uh, with Joey motherfucking Diaz. Holla. Sponsors. Uh, this episode is supported by Viral Style. Viral Style If you're tired of buying clothes from the same old places and then seeing what you're wearing on 20 other people, Viral Style has changed the game. Their marketplace has over 200,000 unique designs from the top designers and sellers all over the world, including exclusive limited edition designs from some of your favorite celebrities like Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski. Did I say it right, Jamie? Yes! UFC champion George St. Pierre and many more. For a limited time, Viral Style is offering Rogan listeners, Rogan listeners, like I'm not, I'm not allowed to say that. That sounds douchey. Listeners of this show, the ability to purchase anything they want at a discount, and they never do discounts. Uh, you can get 10% off your purchases by using the code Rogan at checkout. Uh, on the seller side, there's some follow up from the last ad we did for Viral Style only 10 days ago. Um, Trey Green lives in Montgomery, Texas. Texas. Montgomery, Texas, and he he lost a good friend recently, a friend that used to help everyone in the community, and friends generated a GoFundMe page to benefit the family, and Trey wanted to do more, so he created a viral-style t-shirt campaign after he heard about it on the show, and uh, he didn't even pay for ads, and he's already made over $1,300 in one week, and he's just getting started. Uh, If a beginner like that can do this, just think about how much money you can make once you get really good at it, because... He's just getting started. So go to Viral Style and uh, use the code word Rogan. Okay? Get 10% off using the code word Rogan at checkout. So uh, happy shopping, you fucks. We're also brought to you by Stamps.com, which is uh, if you are a person who sends things through the mail and you have maybe a postage meter or something like that, maybe you have a small business, you know what a nightmare the post office can be. Well, postage meters are the solution, right? Well, postage meters, they suck too. You, you save money with something like Stamps.com because Stamps.com allows you to, with a regular computer and a regular printer, you can buy and print official U.S. postage, send that shit out, and it costs less than a postage meter. It has more power than a postage meter. Um, $2.6 billion in postage was printed just last year alone using stamps.com. I'll say that again because that sounds like bullshit. $2.6 billion in postage was printed last year from stamps.com. It's incredible. 600,000 small businesses already use stamps.com. It is the way to avoid bullshit lines at the post office and it for a fraction of what you would pay using a postage meter. It's it's over, folks. That's all old school. That going to the post office, that's bullshit. You don't have to do it. Right now, sign up for stamps.com. Use the promo code JRE for this special offer, and you get a free digital scale, free print. It's a $110 bonus offer, which includes a four-week trial, 
uh, free postage and a free digital scale. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in J-R-E. That's stamps.com. Enter the word J-R-E. Can't recommend it enough. A lot of my friends use it. Brian Redband uses it for sending things out from DeskSquad.tv. Bert Kreischer uses it. Bill Burr uses it. Stamps.com, it's the way to go. We're also brought to you each and every episode by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. Onnit is a total human optimization site. What we sell is, uh, well, it's all stuff that can benefit you, whether it's benefiting you physically, benefiting you mentally, whether it's strength and conditioning equipment, whether it's healthy snacks, whether it's uh, healthy supplements, even supplements for your mood, things like New Mood, a 5-HTP and L-tryptophan supplement, supplements for your fucking dome, your brain, son, like Alpha Brain, Memory and Focus. It's a nootropic. All that is explained far better than I'm ever going to do at onnit.com. All of our supplements have a 100% money-back guarantee. You don't even have to return the product. You have 90 days for your first 30 pills. Don't like it? Say it sucks. You get your money back. We're just trying to sell you the most awesome shit that we can find. And we have collected awesome shit from all over the globe. And all things that have been proven to benefit you in some way, shape, or form. Healthy, positive and including the the uh, Onnit Academy. The Onnit Academy is all about that. If you click on the link, there's an actual Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas, which is an amazing gym, state-of-the-art equipment, state-of-the-art instruction, um, and 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu in Austin, Texas. But there's also the Onnit Academy link. And the Onnit Academy link is all about stuff that we find online, articles that we have written, articles about diet, articles about different modalities in fitness, um, articles about exercise physiology, different workouts of the day, and motivation. A lot of stuff on motivation. And it's, it's sort of a one-stop hub of information and gives you a sense of what Onnit is all about. Go to O-N-N-I-T, use the code word ROGAN, and save 10% off any and all supplements. My guest today is a longtime friend. Um, you might know him as Bobby Baklava on The Sopranos. He's been in a bunch of other movies and a bunch of other things. And I knew him back when he wasn't even acting, or he would occasionally act. And he was um, actually the talent manager at the Riviera Hotel and Casino, which was the first place where I worked uh, in Las Vegas. Just a fucking awesome guy. His name's Steve Sharippa. Please welcome him. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night. Boom, we're live. Shutting the laptop. I don't need that. You got a flip phone? I got a flip phone. I don't need a fucking laptop. No no electronics today. No, I got a flip phone. I'm a simple guy. You know me a long time. (laughs) What what do I need? I I get texts and uh, make a call. Do you do, does it like at least give you a full keyboard for text? Are you doing like four presses to get an S? Absolutely. That's it. So that way, if you text me, I'll give you an answer, but it's going to take a while. And, and and just give you a quick answer. I can't have a conversation like people do. Some people get ridiculous. Well, what are you up, up to? What do I up? To? What am I up to? Exactly. That's why I say you want to talk like a twelve-year-old girl. You call <laughs> call me, man. What are you, what are, what are we doing? I mean, I'm not a teenager. Call me. You want to talk? That's what I'm saying. Shit. <laughs> It's good to see you, brother. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. A really long time. I've yeah. known you for a long fucking time, dude. It's it's interesting to see a friend who was in, um, I mean, you were always in show business because you ran the Riviera, but to go from that 
to being on The Sopranos. I remember hearing about it and then seeing it, and The Sopranos was my favorite show at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I ran into you, I think, in Little Italy yeah. way back when, when I was living down there. So it had to be early 2000, like that, 99, yeah. 2000, I just couldn't believe it. It was just so, it was so yeah. weird watching a guy like you all of a sudden was a, just a friend. All of a sudden, you're on my favorite show. It's a strange thing to watch someone who you like who's on a show playing somebody else. Yeah. Now, and you know what the thing is? I can't even say, like, you know, Joe, like, I couldn't even say, well, you know, it was a dream, man. I always wanted to do it because I never wanted to do it. <laughs> you know, I was, like, screwing around, you know, and uh, I think Pollock put me in his, one of his things and Bruce Baum. And, you know, I was running the, the, the club, you know. He right. used to work the club, right, the extreme comedy, remember? I got bummed out when I heard you they know? were tearing down the Riviera. Yeah, I got bummed yeah. Out. a lot of people, a lot of people. I really got sad. I wish I could have went back because it was, it was, at one time, it was good. It was really good. Right? Is it gone now? Is it completely? No, they're knocking it down. I think they start this summer. I think they start soon, you know, knocking the thing down. I saw Dice in the upstairs room, yeah, um, like a year and a half ago or so. I they, went down there. And they were doing. Uh, they started doing shows up there. The Amy Schumer and they did Dice and Gilbert and a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. In that, they used to be the female impersonator show. Yes, yeah, yeah that guy's uh, still around. Frank Marino, yeah. just keep on going. <laughs> he keeps on thirty years. Keeps well, they on have going. pictures of him. They should be arrested for fraud for yeah, the fucking yeah, pictures yeah. they're using. <laughs> the guy's got to be in his seventies. And they, no, no, he's in his 50s. He's 85 years old. He's, 50s. he's at least 100 he's years old. He's got a house. He's got a house like, uh, uh, I had to film something at his house once, and it's like a mini Liberace house, <laughs> like, like that kind of thing. Just what you think it is, oh, yeah. that's what it is. I'm sure. You know, he also would be crazy like he had a housekeeper, and he would like leave things around on purpose to see if they were cleaning, you know. Oh, like, God. Uh, that kind, one of those guys. Of yeah, but course. He's still going. I think he's at the... I don't know the Imperial. What's one of Something, them? One, one of, of those things. strange casinos. He's one of those, but they're still going, and they're, they're, the guy's still playing. The, the guy that does Tina Turner is older than Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember watching that show once. That show I watched once, and Crazy Girls. Yeah, I watched it was that. All right, you know there was comics used to come in and out of there, stand yeah. ups over the years. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago uh, they needed a, a fill in. I put Sinbad in there. Really? In Crazy Girls. Because it was upstairs. You know, the, the shows were around for years. And it, they all ran simultaneously. It was the three. Yeah. You know, hey, we had the, the comedy club. We had uh, Lacage, Crazy Girls. So it was all, you know. Yeah, no, I remember. It was it was, a, it was the first place I ever worked in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I did that extreme comedy, XXX, right? You came in for the weekend, yeah. which was great. Put you in a suite, we do the thing. I took a photo of my name on the marquee because I was like, look at that. It's my name. Oh, that was great. I had one of those, yeah. bloop, bloop, those cameras that you buy, the, the, the little the, disposable the, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, a lot of stuff. I started at the Riv 1986. Whoa. You know, way back when it was still like, you know, a, one of the top, you know, still yeah. a good hotel. You I mean, mob run. That's what you're trying to say. Well, not really. <laughs> that that kind of was gone. But then you had Rickless, who was kind of just a different kind of mobster. You know, he was an Israeli. He started the junk bonds. He was who nice. Is he? Who is he? Meshulam Rickless. He was married to Pia Zadora. He owned it when I was there. So they just found a different way to skim the money, you know, through construction or whatever. They weren't bag men. It was just a different... Right. Different deal. Like the air conditioners he bought for the new building, they were from Israel. 
Like they didn't have parts in the United States, so like all the air can, you know, you know what I'm saying? It was they, was they found different ways, but he was good to me, you know, he was good to me, Rickles. And he owned the hotel when I first got there in '86, and Sinatra was, you know, played there in '88, '89, '90. Wow. Sinatra was there. You still had Liza Minnelli playing there. You had uh, uh, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar. They, I mean, it was still guys playing, you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of stuff came through. So there. you got to see all those people. There. I saw Sinatra night after night after night. Wow. And I just, after I was done work, I'd go sit in the back of the room. You know, sometimes my wife would come. And you know, wow! And it was, you know, it was like no big deal after a while. You That's know? crazy. I got a tape of him. <laughs> I got a tape of him on New Year's Eve. I think it's New Year's Eve '89 or '90. The guys, the, the sound men, took it. It was closed circuit. Remember, closed circuit yeah. in the room, in the just in the room, and they put a VH, uh, VHS and you know Betamax, whatever the hell it was, and uh, he's drunk. His toupee is kind of crooked. <laughs> and Joey Villa, remember Joey Villa? No. He was a comic, like a real, you know, a real hacky, thiefy guy. He was in Splash, that show. Okay. And so you had Joey Villa open for Pia Zadora, and then Dreesen opened for, uh, Tom Dreesen opened for uh, Sinatra, and he did a show upstairs and downstairs. He was drunk on his ass, Sinatra. And I, I have a tape of it somewhere. I still have it somewhere. <laughs> And uh, he play, He says, I don't care. I play upstairs. I play downstairs. If they pay me, I'll sing in a phone booth. He didn't care, you know, at that point. You know. Wow. How old was he back then? Uh, I don't know. He just turned on. It was, it was like 1990. So That was probably the beginning of the end, right? Before He started losing a little. He had a teleprompter on stage. You know, he was uh, reading, uh, the, you, know, you know, he wasn't completely out of it. But, you know, I think he died in 99, if I'm not mistaken. So, so uh, he would forget his lyrics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was positive. it because he was so hammered? It was just... No, no. I just think he was getting older. And I think, to be honest, uh, my opinion, they kept him out there too long, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I think uh, wh whoever the powers may be, I don't know who that was, I think he stayed a little too long there, you know? But, hey, to see him, I saw him in 82 when I first... I got to town in 80. I saw him... 1981, 82, 83, in those days at Caesars. I mean, that was some. I saw Sammy Davis, you know. Wow. Yeah. I saw all those, you know, Johnny Matt, all those guys that were there. I saw a lot of stuff that people were gone, you know. Yeah, you, like, caught the bridge for the last of the exactly. old school Vegas. Absolutely. When I moved in, it was 350,000 people. Well, I was friendly with the... Uh, Casino, the Joe Pesci character, mm -hmm. Tony Spilatro, that right. was his character. I was friendly with that guy. I was a bouncer. He would come in the club all the time. You know, wow. Paul Anko owned the club. He always give me a 20, you know. <laughs> give me, he was giving me $20 for years. If I was a bartender, he'd send up a 20. He was always a good guy to me. Now, I don't know what he did, what he didn't do. He was good to me. I didn't know the... the uh, I didn't know the De Niro character. Him I never knew. He was around, but I didn't know him. But the Pesci character... Uh, Tony Spalaccio, and he had a guy, Fat Herbie, and I was there. His son got married. I was the bouncer at the wedding to make sure FBI didn't get into the into the wedding. <laughs> Swear to God. They had a bouncer at the I wedding? I was a bouncer. Just I had a tuxedo. <laughs> I was a bouncer at the wedding to make sure nobody that's not on that list doesn't come in. But they were worried about the FBI at the wedding? They were worried because at the time, there was, you know, a lot of, you know, it was a small town. It was easy. I mean, you know, they were doing whatever they were doing. I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, I was never privy to any of that, but they were around. How close was he to the character uh -huh. that Joe Pesci played? 
You know, I didn't see the nastiness. He, Pesci caught the, the voice and the accent. He has that uh, Chicago, Chicago thing, yeah. you know. And uh, I only saw him being like a gentleman, you know. To be honest, he had kids, and, I mean, that's all I saw. He was, you know, he had some drinks. He's in the club, but I, he didn't do anything crazy. Well, they always exaggerate things for shows and movies. Anyway. I, yeah, of course. I mean, I would assume. I don't know where they got it from, but, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he was around. He was kind of the boss in town, you know. In the movie, he got beat to death with a baseball bat. Is that what happened? Yeah, and I think that did happen. I think in a cornfield, him and his brother. Oh, back in Chicago, yeah. But you know, there was a small town. There was everybody knew everybody. There was two clubs, no clubs, no clubs at all in the casinos. That was there was no nightclubs. Really? No nightclubs. That started in the nineties, I think, at the Rio. Wow. No nightclubs. They had two clubs in town. Paul Anker owned one, and then there was another one. Like I would go to work at one in the morning to 9 in the morning, and I would leave, and the dance floor was packed at 9 o'clock, 9 a.m. Wow. And then people would go out from there. It was just a completely different thing, you know. And and all the entertainers would come out, you know. Like, I mean, I saw O.J., and Cosby was out all the time, and Rich Little, and it was ever was Bob Hope, man. Bob Hope came into the to a club. He left the, uh, the, the bathroom attendant 30 cents. 30 cents. I swear to God, a quarter and a nickel. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious that you remember that, though. Yeah, well, you know, there's certain things. I remember, uh, what's his name? Copperfield gave me $2. He said, hey, if there's any girls, bring them over. Two bucks. I swear swear my hand to God. Oh, my God. $2. And he was headlining, but not that famous yet but right. he gave me like two bucks three bucks he said hey you know any girls any super girls bring them this way and in the meantime I had guys giving me hundreds you know right. it was all dope dealers you know back then it was all crazy you know did Cosby have the reputation back then <clears throat> he didn't have a reputation of doing anything to the girls but always chasing girls always with yeah always 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 but he didn't have the reputation of drugging them no no I didn't know anything about any of that I also knew that uh, there was a time he didn't tip you know, there's a lot of these guys don't want to, you know, yeah. they, you know, Scotty Pippen's famous. No tipping Pippen. That was his nickname. Yeah, I heard that. You know, hoarding Michael Jordan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the worst of all is Tiger Woods. What? He's the absolute what? worst tipper. And you could ask anyone. That's disgusting. They, you know, there, there was a girl that I knew. She managed a restaurant and she was friendly with him. And they would go out, you know, not just her and him, you know, like a group, whatever. She said, I couldn't afford to go out with him anymore because I was leaving tips because he would, you know, I was, it was costing me three, $400 just from cleaning up his mess, like, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, how does that guy do that? I don't understand how a guy becomes that you know famous what? and that rich. Because I think sometimes, Joe, I think guys think it's a privilege for you to have me in your place. Wow. I think it gets to that point. I swear, I swear to God. Crazy. You know, and listen, when I started making more money, I started taking better care of people. I mean, I was of always course. a good tipper, but come on, man. You know, you're, you're lucky enough to, you know, you've done well. Knock on wood, I've done well. I mean, what the hell? Pay it forward a little bit. You don't feel it. That's the thing. Of course not. Absolutely. If I leave someone 100 bucks at, at a at dinner, you know. And you oh, made their night. Yeah. You know, they go home and they, Joe Rogan, you know. He gave me, he took good care of me. You made this guy's night. This guy's probably got two kids or whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I like to do? I like to do it and get the fuck out of there before they realize it. Yeah. I call it like leaving a love bomb. I Just agree with you. leave a bomb, you. get out of the room. I agree with you, you know. You, yeah. gotta, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, some people I think, and it happens a lot. 
You hear it all the time. A lot of athletes, especially, you know. Yeah, well, this, the ego that's involved in being an athlete sometimes, like the, you know, the I'm the man, I can't be stopped, I'm, you know, fuck everybody else, I fuck agree the world. With you. I agree with it, you. It sort of breeds it. But there's know? fame, like if you go, like, dealers in Vegas, especially because everybody comes through there, there's like, I think it was Affleck when he was dating J-Lo, my buddy was a crap dealer, and uh, he left him five grand and she picked up. 45 you know in chips and mm-hmm. she picked it all up of 500 and left 500 he left the 5,000 tip <sighs> she picked it up and like what a cunt yeah absolutely what a cunt <laughs> she stole she's a fucking thief well uh, you know well, no he knew she did it but she went you don't leave that much oh know? fuck her. yeah but you know you see it all the time all the time J-Lo. You know? J-Lo i remember that? guys that tipped me years ago like Way back when, uh, Tony Dancer, who I'm friends with, I gave me twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like in 1981, he gave me a twenty. But that's like a big part of like the whole culture of Vegas is tipping. Absolutely, well. you know, it always has been. And, and the thing is, if you want to get treated right, you need to tip. Yeah, that's it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't even take that much, Joe. No. But guys don't understand. They're waiting online for three hours, like at the right. buffet. I mean, why don't you just give the guy twenty dollars, ten dollars, and you, you get in the line right now? Well, yeah. what I understand is a guy like Tiger Woods, like he's not going to feel a hundred dollars. No, you know, but if I he think gets he a bartender a hundred bucks. That that won't. But that's a character flaw, man. That's yeah. a character flaw that that you just don't want to share. I mean, that's it. You don't. They don't deserve it. Yeah, you know, that's what oh, that's all about. It's, it's just so crazy to me. I just don't understand yeah. it. Plus, if I want to get treated good, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be a plumber from Encino and throw a few bucks around, and you're going to get treated like a king for yeah. that. You know, yeah. what's, it, what's it take? Well, that's what that whole town is about. Or yeah. At least it wasn't. That's what it was time. built on. They kind of took that away because a lot of people, and it started with Steve Wynn. A lot of people. He was a big one. He he thought they were making too much money. The dealers the waitresses, the captains in the showroom. I got a 90-year-old friend was a captain in the showroom during Elvis at the Hilton. He was making 800 a night cash in the 70s. Whoa. A lot of money. That's and What Vegas, is that now? That's probably like 8000 And And Vegas, at the time, you cost, it still doesn't cost uh, much to live in Vegas, but then it cost nothing. So these guys were buying land and they were investing and, and, and going out at night and it was trickling down money. Yeah. Well, Wynn stopped all that. So he's, he's the first guy to do the numbered seating. What did he, I don't understand. What well, did he, he did the summer. He got rid of all those captains, maitre d's, waitresses, you know. He got the rid old of days. them? Well, he got, they no longer, when you have a show in Vegas, you have a numbered ticket. To get in, right? Those people know where they're going. Okay. All right. It didn't used to be that way. You used to buy, you, you know, you're going to go in and then you, you tip the major D, $20, $30, $40, and you get a good seat. That's what Vegas was built on for years and years and years. Right. He stopped all that. Same thing with a dealer. He didn't want them to make as much, so they put it on the check now. They, they all pool, no matter whether you work hard or not. So when you go to a what? blackjack game, when you go to a blackjack game and you got a dealer that's a prick and you say, this bitch, I'm not going to give her anything, you don't tip her. And then there's a nice guy and you say, you know what, he's a lot of fun, I'm going to give him $100. Well, at the end of the night, that all goes into a big pool, 24 hours a day. Every dealer splits the money. That sounds ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What? So some guys are slackers and they go... Hey man, I ain't got. I'm just gonna go be a mechanic. You know, I'm just gonna be a robot and do what I do, and, and no personality, and nah, lose care. all the flair. That's exactly right. 
That's so crazy. Yeah. So that whole. Why did Steve Wynn decide to do that? Because I think he thought uh, people tipping big, making too much money, money that could have been, instead of tipping, he'll make the money. You know, instead of me giving a maitre d' $100 for a good seat, I'm just going to charge them $100 for a seat, and I'm going to get the money. And that's how it is now. You know how expensive tickets are in Vegas? Oh, that's awful. A, a comedy club in Vegas costs like $60 or something. Is it really? Like the Brad Garrett Club? <laughs> yeah, I think it's like $60. That's a nice little club. Yeah, and it's it, it's done well. It's him and uh, the Laugh Factory now mm-hmm. are the big ones. The Riv went away. The Improv, I just read, is going away in May. Is they, it? They've been there a long time. The, uh, the Laugh Factory, <clears throat> Dice is doing a residency. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's doing like a temporary residency. He's got it like blocked off, some dates blocked he'll off. He'll do well, he'll do well. He's doing yeah. well, yeah. He'll do well. Well, he's got that new Showtime show now. Yeah, yeah. He had called me. He wanted me to read for a, for a role there, which oh, I really? would have loved to, because he's, I think he's funny and he's good. You would have been great on that. He's a good actor. He's, a, he, he's I very always good. thought he was a really good actor from way back from Crime Story. Remember well, he, that? I do remember that. Do you, did you ever see that Woody Allen movie that yeah, he did? Yeah. Blue Jasmine? Absolutely. He was excellent in that movie. It was he, a really he, good, a actor. good actor. He's a good actor. He's done other stuff, too, you know, before that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just finally, after all the other stuff, they, they uh, recognized it. But, yeah. Uh, and I think his show's funny. It know? is funny. Well, that, and, and so is Natasha, his wife on the show. Yeah. She's fucking hilarious. I saw Kevin Corrigan the other night in New York. You oh, know, yeah? Kevin plays uh, uh-huh. his sidekick there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him there, and I ran into him. Well, Dice took a lot of shit for a long time, and now it's finally coming around. It's cool to like Dice again, you know. Yeah, I guess. Uh, why did it went so bad in the first place? I don't. So know. It was MTV and political correctness, and it was just a different time, you know. Back then, like they were trying to uh, get away with that. They were trying to move away from that kind of humor that he was doing. Yeah, but who's you know the thing is, which you know, like you're a comedian. Who's to say who could say what on stage and what's funny and what's exactly. not funny? And we could go round and round and yeah. I can't make a joke about this. Well, that's what the whole thing's about. Do you know a guy like Buddy Hackett and those old comics that used to do Polish jokes and uh, Chinese jokes and Japanese jokes? They couldn't even work now. No, it's out of it's that's out of the picture. You know, you know those guys used to do the accents and all that nonsense, and uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you can still make fun of white people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. If you're a black guy, you can make oh, fun of white people. Absolutely, that's, that's totally acceptable. And you can't, uh, you can't make fun of black people. No, 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 no. no. Even light skinned black people have a hard time making fun of black people. Oh, you got to really? be very careful. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't get all that, but that's swung so far. I, Joe, sometimes, and I'm not a political guy, I think that it's so broken in the country it can't be fixed. Well, you know what it is, I think, is more people have opinions now. More people can express their opinions now. It's just a different world, whereas there's just so, so much coming at you from so many different angles. And then people realize they can express their opinions. So many people realize that if they say something on Facebook, it'll get a bunch of likes. Or if they say something on Twitter... Yeah, but it's so easy to do that stuff anonymous. A lot of people they are anonymous. They don't want to. They don't want to, though. A lot of people don't want to do it anonymous. But they, they, are, they do it anonymous. There's that, too. But, I mean, there's the people that could just... You know, motherfuck you from now until forever, and you don't even know who the guy is. That's true. But when they see it, they still know they did it. So that's why they're doing it. They're doing it to get attention, even if the attention doesn't directly come to them in their, you know, as Steve Sharippa, their their name. It doesn't come at their name. It's still, they know that fuckface69, the Twitter profile, they know they made that. And so when they're saying something nasty about you, they know that they're the one that wrote it. And then I if guess. you respond, maybe they tell their friend, you know, yeah, there's just people, 
people just it's it's a new thing it's a new thing to be able to reach out to people it's a new thing to be able to protest people to comment on people and to be able to organize things like very easily like if a comedian like um any comedian you know if they, they say something that someone thinks is crosses a line yeah. they can organize a boycott they want to get them kicked off a television absolutely show. i mean it happens over and over and over they're keeping these guys from working yeah keeping these guys from working for what well because they're disgusting well, they, they, and they, the kurt Schilling, the the, the announced for espn then uh -huh. they just get fired because he doesn't believe the transgender bathroom thing was that what he got fired for? He got fired for that, and he kept on oh, talking about it. Well, you know what? He had a picture that he put on Twitter that showed a guy in a dress with his tits hanging out that said, under this new law, this guy could share a bathroom with your daughter. Yeah. So you you get fired for that? Well, here's the deal. Whoops. Here's the deal. Um, that is possible. And, and, and someone not admitting that, that doesn't help anybody. I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't help a it doesn't help a goddamn thing. Yeah. That's that is possible. Like you could get a fucking nutbag who wears a dress and wants to whip his cock out in front of women and says he's a woman. <laughs> yeah. That that is a real thing. Like you, I'm not saying that it should. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the majority, but we got to define what's a woman and what's not a woman. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if you're going to allow transgender people to transition and become uh, the other gender, whether it's woman to male, male to female, you, you gotta, we gotta make some sort of a standard where we know that that's exactly what's going on, and this not just someone who's a crazy fuck who wants to wear a dress. But how do you do that? That's a good question. How do you do that? Well, that's why the idea of making people go to a bathroom that is their gender, what they're born with, like their sex, like what's their chromosomes. It's not preposterous, and everybody's making it seem like it's bigoted. To force people to use a bathroom that matches their chromosomes and that's kind of crazy you know and it's not saying that you should discriminate against transgender people or people who feel like they were born in the wrong sex no not at all maybe we need to have three fucking bathrooms yeah maybe we need to have that's three probably, bathrooms that's probably the easy way maybe it should be male female and go for it do you do you remember uh, in crazy girls i don't know if you remember the, the girl that was the mc <clears throat> Excuse me, John Steele. She was a. Uh, I don't know. She, she, had a, a she got a buzzer chopped off. Yes. Whatever that is. <laughs> I do remember because she, we met her. Yeah, she was. Joey fine. Diaz and I met her, and she showed it to Joey, and Joey said oh, it looked like did? a bat with its mouth open. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. But she was. You know, I was friendly with. Oh. She was great. She had the mind of a, a guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? She went with a lot of different guys and. She was very funny. She, yeah. was, you know, she was very funny. Very funny. And she looked a lot like a woman. Absolutely. If I don't know if I would have known, if I would have known, you know what I'm saying? And this is 19, what was it? 97 uh, or something like oh, that? Oh, even before that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. but the, the, <clears throat> bo the bottom line about that kind of stuff is it's, you, you're not allowed to even talk about it. If you talk about it, you're a bigot. Like we, we have to leave open the possibility that there's some crazy fucks out there. There's, there's some guys that would just decide that all they have to do to hang out in a woman's room is dress like a woman. That doesn't mean that there aren't, there aren't real transgenders. Like, what was her name? Jonah? What was Jonah. 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 Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Jonah. There's, there's, doesn't, like, her going into a woman's bathroom? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But what about Joey Diaz? What if Joey Diaz put on a fucking dress? <laughs> I'm not joking around. I mean that that is entirely possible. There, there's a guy that said that he was that he he identifies with being a six year old girl. He's a 52 year old man. He dresses up like a girl. He's got he's got parents. He's got a daughter. 
He's got a family, and he identifies with being a six-year-old girl. I mean, what? when do you stop that? Like, wh- is everybody just allowed to play make-believe? Cause I, th- I understand. Steve, I think saying. I'm a wolf. I identify with being a wolf. I'm going to wear wolf skin everywhere, and I'm going to lift my leg to piss on fire hydrants, just like a dog. That's what I'm saying. I think it's so bro- everything's so broken, Joe. It's crazy. It uh, can't be fixed. I think Colin, George Colin. He- Look at this guy. Meet the 52-year-old father who identifies as a six-year-old girl. Oh, this is not a joke. I mean, people are out of their fucking minds. And the thing is, so I can't deny I was married. I can't deny I have children, he says. <laughs> well, then you're a fucking father. <laughs> what, whatever happened to loving yourself? Whatever happened to that? But wasn't that something that was preached for the longest time? Love yourself for who you are. Don't try to change yourself. Don't look to get your fucking chin shaved down, See, I, I, your I, I, eyebrows raised, and your nose but everybody shaved does off. That. And, I mean, this the whole why? plastic surgery world now. Right. True. True. You know, the but, whole war, play, war, plastic surgery world. At some point, a lot of these girls are going to look exactly the same because you see some of them now, just regular girls. Don't you see them? Listen, there's, there's a lot of old ladies in my neighborhood that are fucking monster faces, what I call them. They get that rubber face. Absolutely. You know when they, they shoot the um, fillers in there and the whole face swells up and it looks like a monster? It's this, they, they, this they look alike. Immobile I mean, kabuki mask. <laughs> the thing is this, you know, how do you look and you, you, know, you look yourself in the mirror and you go, you know, it's dysmorphia. This looks pretty good. Hey, listen, how many actresses have ruined their ruined their careers because they changed their face? Oh, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. Well, the, I think the problem is they think that they look different than they look. You know, and they you think, think so? that it's going to work. They think it's going to work, and then everybody else sees them, and then they see what everybody else sees, and they go, "Oh my God, what have I done?" Yeah, Jesus you know? Christ. It's dysmorphia. It's the same thing anorexics have. It's the same thing bodybuilders have, where they think that they look normal and they're fucking gigantic. They think they're too small. You know, it's body dysmorphia. That's what it is. People are crazy. I don't have to worry about that, Joe. You're all right, dude. You've always been fine. <laughs> it is what it is. It ain't going to... It is. Here we go. But that attitude of it is what it is, is really what we should all have. I mean, well, that's, that's how... Look, when I was younger, I was in better shape. You know, I played ball. I was an athlete in college. I gained weight. You know, I got laid as much as I wanted for, for, for when I was young and in Vegas and all that. And then I gain weight. I try to watch, but what it is, I'm not going to change the way I look. Like I'm going to be a leading man. It is what it is. That's yeah. it. Girl says you want makeup, We're doing a show. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know? it's just yeah. the idea of you being better looking because you're less shiny. You know, it's yeah, always been know, bizarre. To it me. is what it is. I'm not an anchor man. They, they yeah. have a lot of makeup. You know, you ever do a talk show? and You're looking at the guy. You're going, can't believe how much makeup this guy. Oh, they, they cake it on. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of those shows where they they literally change what they look like. Like, if you look at them in real life, you look... You look yeah, they tell you, you know... Well, HDTV fucked a lot of that up for Absolutely. those guys. Because well, they look spooky. a lot spooky. of people. I mean, yeah. you know, even myself, I can't... I don't like to watch myself. <laughs> I, I'm doing Blue Bloods now. I'm looking at myself and going, my head... I got a, I just got a big screen, 65 inch, and my head's fucking giant. <laughs> it's filling up the whole 65 inches. What is Blue Bloods? Blue Bloods is uh, CBS. It's a one-hour uh, drama with Tom Selleck. Donnie, oh. Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, you're working with Tom Selleck. Yeah, and I, I nice. started in October. It's a really good show. It's a, I'll, next to, and there's two shows left. Friday night, I got a big one. I joined in October. It's a, it's a really good show, and I play a DA investigator, so I'm on the other side of the law, you know. Oh, uh, nice. And uh, it's really good. The writing's really good. You'll be surprised. It's a network show, and it's really, really good. It's been, uh, they just got picked up for a seventh season. What's Tom Selleck like? You know, I met him twice. I didn't work with him. 
because I'm working with with Bridget uh, Moynihan mostly. Very nice. Came She's into great the trailer. too. She's great, great. She uh, he came into the trailer. He said, "You're doing great work. Thanks for being here." I shook my hand a few times, and I haven't seen him. So you don't you know, have everybody scenes kinda, together? No, because it's kind of the way it's worked so far. Is you know, I worked with Donnie Wahlberg once, who was a great guy, and then I work with her all the time. I haven't worked with anyone else, you know, the other guest stars. But it's been it's been good, you know. It's uh, it was shooting New York, all over the city. So it's like uh, the city's like another character, you know. It's shooting every borough. So you living in New York now? I live in New York. I live downtown. Yeah, I've been there. I sold my house in Vegas a few years ago, but I've been there with my family since about 2002. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Not too crazy? The well, it's, a, the it's a little crazy. It's got the, the Blasio's a piece of garbage. You know, he's a bad guy. <laughs> just a Is bad he? guy. Yeah, and he, he put the city in the toilet, and there's a lot of homeless. But I he got, got rid of the big gulp. Yeah, but that, yeah, but you know that's that, 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 that's to the other. But Joe, that's to the <laughs> other extreme. Now nah, this guy's a jackass. I mean, this guy wanted to separate the city between the cops, and and he did it. He's a bad guy. This guy, you know, just and now he's under investigation for what for campaign fraud and all kinds of shit. Um. The FBI came in, so. I like it. It's crazy, but it's great. There's always something going on. It's vibrant. I like Southern California. You know, I'm looking. You know, rent a place here too. Also, but. I like it. That, I like New York. You know, I got my friends are there. I'm from there. You know, it's it's not, it's insane. There's, you know, you've been spent time. There's, yeah. been, there's crazy people. I don't know. Yeah, I looked at a place there for a while, uh, a while ago, like maybe two, three years ago. I thought about. It. I just had a wild hair across hey, listen, my ass. Listen, my my kids were born there. You know, both of my daughters grew up there. I mean, right. my kids were born in Vegas, but they they grew up there in New York. And uh, my wife was born in Vegas, and she loves it there. It's. You know? I mean, if you've got some money, it's not the worst place in the world to live. You and gotta it's have interesting. money. Yeah. You gotta have money because it's ridiculously expensive. Well, it's changed too. It's become like bankers. Like a buddy of mine was talking about it, that it used to be uh, uh, Judah. You know Judah Freelander? Yeah, yeah. Judah was saying that it used to be like a lot of artists, but now well, it's, you can't. You, this is the yeah. problem. It, it's in twenty years when like the rent control shit expires and people's. You're gonna have to be wealthy to live in Manhattan. You're going to have to be literally wealthy. So all the kids that want to become comics and artists and actors and dancers and they get out of high school and college can't afford to live there unless right. they have rich parents or parents that could help them. They can't afford. So they're living in Bed-Stuy and other neighborhoods, which it's good for the neighborhoods because they're changing. But they're living four and five to a two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, a buddy of mine got a place in Bed-Stuy because he was working for a production company in New York. You can't do it any and other way. He said they, they started uh, cleaning the house up, and they found out that all that paint in the house was lead. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he had a kid. He's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like This, this place no has good. toxic paint. So, you know, you got to go further out to Queens, uh -huh. further out to Brooklyn. You mm -hmm. know, where it's still affordable, but, you know, it's an hour into the city. Fuck that. You know, by train. But if you could... Look, I live in Manhattan. I bought a condo years ago, a three-bedroom. You know, I got a nice place. If you could afford it, it's great. But yeah. at some point, if it doesn't stop, places are out of business, stores. Guys, you had a business for 30 years. The, yeah. the, you know, the lease is up. He's gone. Yeah. You know, it's just everyone's a, a greedy pig, you know. Well, it's just the whole landscape of the city is changing. And when I talk to comics, they say the audiences are changing, too. It's like you're dealing with like Wall Street people, or like you're. I don't know. Your, your you know, I, I, yeah, I haven't been to a comedy club in quite a while. I don't. I, 
you know, I don't know that, uh, you know, I mean, you got what, Caroline's and uh, Gotham. Well, Caroline's is really a tourist, tourist trap. And you got Gotham. I mean, it's they a do, great club. I yeah. mean, it still has great acts, yeah. but it's not like they don't do like, it's not like a big local scene. You know, you've got like the stand is like a big local scene. The cellar. You know, yeah, you've yeah. got, you've got yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of clubs where comics work out at. But Caroline's is more of like uh, who you know, like someone's out of town. They they go in there and they do a weekend there. Yeah, headline. Yeah. Well, it's right in Times Square. Yeah, you know? so, exactly. You know, I haven't. You know, I'm not privy to that. You know, but it it's uh, you 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 can't. Those kids that want you want to be an actor, you better have a rich mother and father. You when know, I lived there, you know? I lived in New Rochelle because I couldn't afford to park my car, and I needed a car for road gigs. Yeah, but it was not. I mean, it was it was ridiculous back then. It was expensive. When did you live there? I think I moved there in 91 or 92, somewhere around there. And I, I lived there. I lived in New Rochelle. I kept an apartment there for three years. So 90 to, to about 90, somewhere around 95-ish. Probably that apartment's worth do it's double now. I don't know. It was a small little shitty place in a weird neighborhood. Uh, you know, because you know. it's just gotten way out of control. And these landlords, and, and I tell you, the de Blasio's really split the city. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not just saying that. I'm not, I don't get into politics mm -hmm. i don't know that i think that was his intention you know he's big friends with al sharpton al sharpton sometimes i wonder if this guy's running the city well what do you think a guy like that does why why do they do that do they do it is it a, a political calculation like they think like this is the way to get the black vote oh the absolutely white people are just gonna go along with absolutely it? and let me tell you another thing a guy like al sharpton he makes his money by shaking people down yeah, I mean, I have a friend of mine who's a builder there who I could tell you flat out over the years he's given them envelopes because you know what they do is they come, they'll say, you know what, we got the coalition here, we're going to shut down, you know, going to shut your job down unless you hire 10 guys. And I'm not even saying black, white, Spanish. I'm not even saying what it is. This is what these guys do. And either you hire the 10 guys or they get an envelope. And this was goes on. This is what goes on. Well, Jesse Jackson's been well, accused that's a, of that forever. Hey, Jesse yeah. Jackson, and this is a fact, uh, uh, The uh, in Vegas in the 80s, the Frontier was on strike for like six or seven years from the food and beverage, you know, the waiters and the bartenders. They paid him 25 grand to march with them down the strip. They closed the strip down. 25 grand. Wow. People are coming up to Jesse Jackson going, hey, you know, that's great. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and, and in the meantime, he got paid. Yeah, well, that was his hustle. I mean, that, the, the Rainbow what, Coalition. They would come in and give whole thing diversity lessons to everybody that worked there. You know, they would they would have these clinics where they would teach people how to be more diverse. This is what, <laughs> what's Al Sharpton done. He owes taxes. He owes this. Yeah. He owes that. I He's mean, a hustler. He couldn't be a bigger hustler. I think he could kill somebody in broad daylight. He'll get away somehow. He walked in front of the comedy store one night. He was walking down the street, walking right in front of the comedy store, and me and a bunch of other comedians just started heckling him as he was walking by. And did he say anything? He, Al Sharpton, get that money. Go get that money, Al. Uh, he loved it. Hustler. He probably liked that. He's a hustler. We ain't mad at you. Go get that money. I mean, he's been in the White House how many times, this guy? <laughs> so many times. I mean, the guy's in the White House. Well, not only that, if you go back to his history, there's no white guy would have ever gotten away with that. He, he What he did was he got into the, the public's eye because of a false rape accusation. Absolutely. Tawana. To totally made up story. Tawana. Yeah. And he's never admitted to that. No. You know. Well, it was proven. I mean, it was absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. proven. Absolutely. And he ruined that, that, that guy's life up there mm -hmm. and, and uh, the guy sued and... Yeah. Know.
Well, but he still of, keeps. I mean, he's in the White House. Yeah, he's in the White House. So I know. you know, we go on and on and on. I mean, how does that happen? How it, do, I mean, how does I, someone not step away from that? That's why I'm telling you, it's so broke it can't be fixed. You got to drop out of sight, Joe. What do we got to do? I don't know. Alaska? Is that I the move? I don't think I'm that's thinking Alaska. It. I'm thinking Anchorage. I don't I know. like it up there. Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii is too the dangerous. End, the the, the sharks, the waves, the fucking storms. I don't know where you go anymore. I don't know either, I but I don't want to be somewhere. In, I don't want to be in the middle of the ocean. It's just too dangerous. Although it has been there for thousands of years and I won't be here for thousands of years. So it's it's know, tempting man. in that regard. It's, it's, it's we're doomed. <laughs> we are doomed. I don't know. I like where people are so I'm thinking Montana. That might be a good spot. They don't give a fuck. There's up not there. there's not many people. They don't give a fuck. Who's it? Rich Hall lives there. Does he? Yeah, yeah. Montana, absolutely. Harris Pete and Rich Hall. Oh, that's right. Harris Pete used to take care of his place, right? They live up there, yeah. Harris Pete Because I filmed something up there. No, they don't live together, no. How could <laughs> Harris Pete, yeah. I was like, how could Rich Hall get along with Harris Pete? And, and, there, and there's, uh, I was up there. It's a strange place. Yeah. You know? it's a, I mean, not, not a bad place. Just not, not for me. I'm not one of them guys. I'm not an outdoor guy. I can't. You're not an outdoor I guy? I can't do anything. I'm not, I can't change a light bulb. <laughs> I like how you move your hands around. I can't around. have a light bulb. I got to call the guy downstairs. Could you change the bulb? Yeah, I got to live in a doorman building. I don't know. A doorman <laughs> building. Could that's you your, fix this? That's your environment. Know, your natural habitat. Shit. I don't know anything. <laughs> I got to tip somebody. Your natural habitat's a doorman <laughs> building. That's fucking hilarious. I'll tip somebody to do it. So uh, you're making spaghetti sauce now. I ate it last night, and I had it today. I just want to tell you, it's very good. It's very good. Good sauce. No bullshit. How, did you, how the fuck did you get involved in making spaghetti sauce? I had my buddy, my buddy Joe, right? Uh, my mother had passed away a few years ago. He said, let's do something for your mother. Come on, let's do something. You know, he's an entrepreneur kind of guy, you know. And uh, so we got the recipe, and now my wife runs marathons. She's healthy. She eats organic, blah, blah, blah. We made it organic. It took a while. We had to throw out a lot of sauce and give it to shelters and stuff like that because it was too loose and it was, you know, not bad. It just wasn't what Perfect. we wanted. We got it. It's organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, Uncle Steve's. You go to UncleSteve'sNY.com. We sell it. It's just We just got it here in Albertsons, Vons, uh, Pavilion. We're in uh, Whole Foods, Fairway. Uh, all over the country. We're in 3,000 stores. There man. it is. Right here. Uncle Steve's. Look you taste it. I, I Listen, ate it. I ate it this never, morning. If you didn't know it came out of a jar, and I'm not lying. I don't eat jar sauce. You know, that's that whole Italian thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could never. And I never did just because I never did. My wife would cook, you know, when I was a kid, my mother, my grandmother. And the sauce is that good. I it's mean, very good. My wife hasn't made sauce in a long time. Yeah, I ate it last night, like I said, and I ate it this morning. I ate some this morning. I'll send you more. We got three kinds. I got uh, six cases. You we, sent me six cases. Marinara, tomato, basil. <laughs> Did you try the arrabbiata yet? No, I've only tried the marinara. Uh, the, uh, the arrabbiata is very spicy. Very. If you like it. it's That's the biggest seller, but it's hot. Keep it away from the kids. Yeah, oh yeah. No, 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 no. It's that spicy? I, it's it's spicy. Wow. It's, I mean, it's good spicy. People like it. My my kids, they're all, my kids are 20, 24. They like it. They can handle it. But uh, not for me. It's wow. uh, too hot for me. But you don't like spicy sauce? No, no. Really? Not spicy guy? Nah. No? So, you know, so we're doing good with it. I mean, fuck. That's amazing. You know, I mean, that, way, that way we don't have to go sit in, uh, I don't have to sit in a waiting room and audition for bullshit. You yeah. Know what I mean, that's, that's uh, uh, it's always know. a good idea to have alternate sources I, of I income. think, you know, I, you don't remember this. When you auditioned for something, it was a movie, uh, not the same role, but it was a movie. And, 
the guy, Dave Sheridan, you know, Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were there, and I, I said to you, oh, who's that fucking guy? And you went, I don't know who the fuck. He was the star of the movie, and yeah. he heard us. I've talked about, I did. I got that movie. I did that <laughs> oh, movie. Oh, did you? Yeah. I talked about that story because, not, not you auditioning, but that whole movie story, because that kid was talented. Yeah. He was funny as shit. And he was doing okay. I don't know what it is. Well, that movie was dog shit. And one of the reasons why it was dog shit is because all these executives, because he was funny, and they, they made him the star of the movie, but he was a nobody. Uh -huh. As far as like people didn't know who he was, they all were telling him what to do. Like I watched a guy with a fucking Rolex on and expensive cufflinks and again? suspenders. Uh, Frank McCluskey, CI. That's it. That's yeah. it. Because I did a movie with uh, the producer. I did his movie before that. I uh, did a movie where we were trying to put a hit on the dog. See spot run. <laughs> Yeah, me, Paul Savino. Oh, that's and, hilarious. And, and uh, then I, I met you. You just happened to be there, and I was there. Yeah. And he was across the, the way from us saying, who's this, who's this fucking Dave Sheridan? You know? <laughs> and I saw so he was the star, and I didn't know who he was. I didn't get it. I, I, I read for an attorney, I think, a part of an attorney. Well, when I was on the set, like, the kid was really funny. He's really talented. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a very funny, like, real slapsticky, big, like, Jim Carrey-style comic actor. And this guy with the Rolex and the cufflinks and the tailored suit and, like, suspenders, super rich guy, right? He's giving him line readings. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, I know who it I is. mean, he's telling this kid, like, literally, when you come in, when you come in, I want you to go, what is this? Oh. I mean, like, he's, he's acting it out and he's, like, oh. telling him how to do it. And then he sits there in front of the camera and makes sure the guy does it exactly the way he wants her to do it. And you see Dave Sheridan going, what the fuck is this shit? I can't uh. believe I got to do this. Because the kid was naturally funny. And when you got someone who's funny... One of the, the last thing you want to do is tell them how to be funny. Just leave them the fuck alone. Well, of course. Make them feel comfortable. Make them feel comfortable. You're talking and leave about them alone. somebody with common sense. I mean, what, what do you? Well, you they know? just have so much money. They have so much money and they have so much influence and they want to, they want to make that monkey dance. I, mean, he, I, I haven't seen, I don't know if he's working. I don't know. I haven't I heard know. much of him. I, haven't, I don't know. But it's just, how about when that, He was a nice guy, though. But was he a good guy? Real nice guy. I, I worked with him. I had a great time. He was a real nice guy. You know, uh, it's just like comics years ago. Uh, the guy managers of the club used to tell them what to how to do their act. What yeah. the fuck? I never told the guy ever. Yeah, you know, never told the guy. You know, listen, no, do. There's certain things like at the Riv, you couldn't do. Like just don't knock the hotel. Right. You know, you don't don't knock the hotel. Don't say the whole it's a shithole and this and that. Like like I hired a guy. He he went on the radio. He was saying what a shithole. And I and I you know my boss called me. And he said, this guy, who's this fucking guy in the radio? And I went, he said, he's gone. Don't bring him back. So I called the guy. He said, why did you do that? I gave you a job. Yeah. Now, why the fuck did you do that? They think they're and, being cute. And I don't get it. So you can't you can't come back, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I never would tell someone, hey, Joe, that joke you did, you know, uh, that's not funny. Don't do that joke, you know. Uh, don't do that. The guys are giving, they were working as a fucking busboy three weeks ago. Now they're running a comedy club and they're telling you what to do. Well, people, that always people me. like that, though. They like telling people what to do. They always have. I understand that. But, you know, you, you because you got the job at the club or whatever, now suddenly you're in show business. Well, you, again, you're speaking like logic. I mean, you know, you're you in show business. I mean, you know, how, how suddenly, you know? It can't make sense. There's no sense in this town. It's not a, a, a sense town. This is not a sense business. <laughs> this is a business of navigating egos and trying to find your own... Yeah, but it's, it's nice when you navigating your own ego. It's nice when you don't have to, uh, you know, 
when you don't have to, you know, you're not struggling and, you know, and it's okay and you can tell a guy to fuck off and I'm not going to yes. do that. And you know what? Fuck you, man. I'm not yeah. coming. I'm not working for that money and that thing. And, exactly. you know, you know. Fuck Unfortunately, not everybody. I don't have fuck you money. I have fuck money. But, you know, <laughs> uh, the fuck you money is nice. You know, where you don't have to. But it's hard. It's hard to get to that point, man. It's you very know, hard it's to hard. get fuck you money. And most people, when they get fuck you money, they're always terrified they're going to lose the fuck you money. So they never say fuck you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you money is wasted on the people that are afraid to say fuck you. Very well said, my friend. <laughs> very well said. <laughs> it's just so funny knowing you for so long and then seeing you, you know, doing so well now as an actor. And I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's yeah, also thanks, beautiful man. for me because I know that you run not, you're not a classically trained actor. No. And I've always told people it's not that fucking hard. This is not like a guy who's never done it before stepping in and doing brain surgery. No, of course. Of course. But, you know, I... Listen, I got the job on the Sopranos. I did everything like opposite. Of course, I had been dabbling here and there, right? So then I got the job, and then I worked with a coach. And I still work with a coach now. When I got a big episode on Blue Blood, she comes over the house. It's a, a, a Dom. You know Dom's friend, Joanna Bexon? You know her? No. She works with a lot of comics. Okay. She comes over the house. I go over the lines. We talk about it. Blah blah. And blah. And when you do that, um, do you do you like read with her? Does she read along with yeah, you? Yeah. What I'll do is, you know, uh, you know, what I'll do is, I started learning the lines. You mm -hmm. know? Then we'll talk about it. What do you think here? I have my ideas already. You know, she'll give me some notes. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's good to get. Even Gandafini had two different acting coaches. He worked with this girl Susan for years. That helped. You get a different perspective. Oh, you know what? I didn't think of that. Right. I didn't think that way. Yeah, you're right. So that kind of shit. Now, look, ultimately, you get on the set, you're going to do what you do, and the director's going to, hey, Steve, you know, you shouldn't be so angry there. Whatever, you know, he thinks, and the guy that wrote it, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I work very hard at it, and I worked for years now. Now, don't forget, I'm making a living for 16 years as an actor. I left the Riviera in 2000. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 16 years. So, And I've done a lot of shit. This is you then. saying that 2000 was 16 years ago makes <laughs> me go, what? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I, I left there. I started on The Sopranos in 99. I, I went back and forth for a year. You know, I didn't quit. the. I did six episodes. I was still at the Riv. What is it like? That must have been fucking strange. I was still at the Riv, and then I booked it for 10 years. I, you know, I booked the Riv until 2010. Chris yeah. Rock said, you're still dipping your toe in that shit? <laughs> I said, why not? They're paying me. What the fuck? How hard is How it? How hard is it to fucking book three comics a week? I could do it in three days, book up six months. That's you know? hilarious. You know, I book, I book guys that, uh, you know, that didn't work much, you know. Well, I think your point is the really important part of what you're saying is like the getting a different perspective. Where a guy like Gandolfini, you would you'd imagine he was so good, you would imagine that he probably looked at it from all sorts of different angles. Yeah, yes, he did, and you saw a lot of different colors. Yeah. But he, you know, he would work 16 hours. Okay, 16 hour days on the Sopranos. He's in. He's there. So. I mean, the guy gets up whatever time he got up. Then he's got to go home and learn tomorrow's stuff. So sometimes he told me he'd be sitting in the chair. He'd fall asleep for two hours. He wakes up. She's still there, just waiting for him to wake up, and they're going to work on the stuff for tomorrow. Whoa. Yeah, and then, and nine months of that. Don't forget, you know, the Sopranos, Joe, they were, when I got on the show, it was like eight days i came on the second season so it was like eight days for an episode then nine then ten at the last season it was we did we shot nine shows in nine months holy shit yeah you know it was like shooting a movie there's no commercial so it's a full hour but you know that's what it was man it was long wow. it was like shooting a movie 
Wow. I mean, a month an episode. I, I, the, the first episode was 17, 18 working days. Lorraine Brocco said to me, you're going to work more in this episode than I will the whole season because she only worked one day an episode. You know, she had the greatest job in show business. Wow. They shot that in one day. Oh, that's beautiful yeah. for her. Well, you know. It was a great part, too. Yeah, it was great. You know, but I, I, I think the, the coaching-wise, and I think a lot of it is, you know, you focus, you concentrate, know your stuff, know your lines. I mean, you're an actor, you know. Know your shit. Don't come in and be like a smart yeah. ass. Yeah, maybe I'll paraphrase. Know your stuff. Respect what's on the page. You know, that's, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. On The Sopranos, you didn't ad-lib the word thuh, and I'm not joking. You there was a there was a time that I had to say uh, I gotta go, and the line was I have to go, and they kept correcting me and correcting me and correct because I just you know I gotta go no I have to go, I don't know why what where and I didn't question it right you know? I mean you know but that's you, a crazy amount of work when you're talking about with Gandolfini that's really that's still fucking with my head yeah now listen Jim was one of my closest friends couldn't find a better guy he worked. Harley saw his kids, you know, his kid, you know, uh, his daughter wasn't born, you know, uh, uh, while he was on The Sopranos. But it was like no life. You completely gave up your life. Not the rest of us because there was so many characters. You know, I didn't. I had a couple episodes where I worked a real lot, but, you know, otherwise. It just can't be good for your health. Well, it was, a, you know, a lot of guys. I mean, I've, yeah. I've read, uh, I think Jimmy Smith's I read years ago, NYPD. He said he couldn't take, it was 18-hour 18, 18 days. Yeah. And yeah, he was making a fortune. He said, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've had friends that have been on dramas before, and it's the same thing. They would tell me that they just, they just couldn't do it. They, just, they would you do know, it, and they would just, they would be, when the season would wrap, they would go, this has got to be my last season. I yeah, can't do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, anymore. you know, it's, it's a point with the money. Now, you know, the thing, what, what I love about Blue Bloods is, there's a lot of characters, so there's different stories. So it's not like that. It's it's, it's you know a great, that's nice. It's a beautiful show, and, and you know, like I said, the writing's good. You know, network show, but you know, with Jim, but he worked with you know a lot of. That's a, like a dirty secret working with an acting coach. Is it? That's a dirty little secret. People don't want. Some people don't want to admit. I, I think if you're a big, I think Pacino works with somebody. Well, I don't know why that would be a dirty secret. I would think that would be just practice. That would be a good no, thing. No, no, but I think like uh, like guys don't want to admit that I'm asking for mm-hmm. help. You know, right. you know how guys are. You know, fucking actors are, you know. Well, comedians have a thing about that with writers, working with writers. Like a comedian working with a writer. It's like other comedians will shake their head and look down on you. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. But you, like, you write all your own stuff, obviously. Yes. Because your stuff is very personal. Yeah. Right. But there are guys that it's impossible for them to keep writing new material. Well, there's guys that are very personal, but they have someone work with. Kevin Hart has guys that work with him. Like, he has ideas, and then he bounces them off these ideas, these, uh-huh. these, guys, these guys, these ideas off these guys, and then they work on them together. Like, he'll, he'll brainstorm with guys on his act, which is nothing wrong with it. Chris Rock used to do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then there's guys like, say, a Leno or mm-hmm. Rodney, mm-hmm. who I was a big Rodney Dangerfield. Sure. Everybody, uh, there was comics faxing stuff into him all over yeah. the place, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, Leno, I mean, mm-hmm. he was doing the show. He's busy. They're writing his monologue. They're writing his stuff. But not his stand-up. Like, when Leno does his stand-up, his stand-up is pretty much all Leno. It's all him? Yeah, okay. but like, but Rodney, for sure. And there was a lot of guys. I think Richard Bob, Pryor. Bob, Hope, Bob Hope had mm-hmm. five, six, seven, eight. Uh, he had a staff of writers. I yeah. know one of them, he would pay $50 a joke. 
And then know? he only tipped 30 cents. 30 cents, but he even paid $50 a job. He's one of the richest guys ever, that fucking Bob Hope. He was. But he was. He would ask for, uh, you know, I need whatever whatever the event was. You know, I need jokes about Trump mm-hmm. or mother-in-law or this or right. that or this. You know, I guess comics don't want to admit to it. But yeah. there, there are comics that buy, no? There's not anymore? Yes. Know. You know, there definitely are. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, uh, well, first of all, Richard Pryor, who's the greatest of all time, Paul Mooney wrote for him forever. Yeah. And other guys wrote for him. And like I said, Chris Rock, who's also one of the greatest of all time, Chris yeah, Rock had a bunch of writers. And it's he's also, just smart. He knows how to make the best comedy. And it's not necessarily always just with your own mind. Like sometimes I think it's, it's also hard... It's not easy for someone else to find your voice. Right. So you have to find those guys, and it's not easy. Because, see, I can say, hey, man, you know, write me. You know, sometimes, like, when I have to host something, mm-hmm. like, I hosted this uh, thing on TV. I'm not gonna, I'm not making believe I'm a stand-up. I'm not a stand-up comic, nor would I even attempt. But it's more like a monologue. Right. You know, even if I have to host a charity event, I have a guy who writes me jokes, but it's like in my voice, shit that I would say. You right. know what I mean? And you know immediately and, you know. Well, sometimes it's not it's not a bad idea to have a writer just because you have a couple other guys that you can talk about your set with. You know, because if you're just looking at it yourself, like you were talking about Gandolfini, like having a different perspective. Maybe even they don't write the jokes, but they talk about the jokes that you've written and give their perspective, and that alone will probably help you improve them. I agree, and I think if you're doing a live show, if you're hosting something, whether it be an award show or whatever, to have a couple guys there... Spur of the moment thing. Mm-hmm. Give you some. Hey, Joe, here's a good yeah. line. Ba, 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 you know. No, spur of the moment is it's very, well, especially a live show, like a, a talk show or something like that. Very important to have writers. Do you, do you, you like doing talk shows? No. You don't like it? No, I don't like it. Just, I like doing this. This is what I like because there's no format. Well, does, just, when you do a talk show, it's all set up. Feels it's like a bullshit. pre-interview, and they're gonna. I'm gonna say this. You're gonna say that, and then a lot of times, I don't want to do it. A talk show host has the joke, right? Yeah. The joke on top mm-hmm. of your joke. Yeah. Right. He's already got the retort. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I just don't. It just seems fake and forced. We'll be right back. Now they, Now you have to sing and dance. I don't get the, it. You know, you have to. I, I appreciate you have to be a variety show like the the guy uh, you know that's that's the new thing. Right? I appreciate a guy like Jimmy Fallon who does it well. I think he's great at it. I really appreciate it. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. I just don't. I don't want to be a guest. I don't want to watch. I don't. I don't want to sit there. I've had friends that do them. I go visit them while they do it. Yeah, yeah. Like I watched Conan the other day. I had a buddy of mine who was uh, singing a song on Conan. I went to to watch. I was like, yeah, hey, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's, I think it's a dying format. I think it's a format that's like a dinosaur. Well, I think it is, which is why you see. Uh, this guy on CBS, James, whatever his name is, he's singing karaoke in the car. Who? <clears throat> this guy, James Cor- Corden, is his name? James Corden. They sing karaoke. Oh, he's mixing it up. He's doing different stuff. Him, yeah. And he's got the different Good artists. He had Adele. He had this one. They're trying to do different stuff. Good. And I think it's become more like that than just to sit down, old-fashioned, you know. Right. Because first of all, you know and I know, most actors, whatever, celebrities, they don't have a whole lot to say. Right. Some people, like De Niro, if it ain't on the page, this guy is stuck at hello. You say really? hello to him, he's stuck for a fucking answer. 
How is that possible? Yeah, well, because he's got to have it on the page, and then he's a wonderful actor, and he could forgive you all this. But if he, you think he's going to come in here and talk to you like this? I don't know. Shit, no. No? Hell no. <laughs> you never spoke to him? No. Than been in this my, my friend Joey, Joey Diaz, you know Joey. Yeah, he did Joey a movie did a, with him. a movie with him, yeah. He enjoyed it? Yeah, he liked it. He, well, it was just a, an honor. You know, I mean, you're working with arguably the greatest actor but, uh, of all time. If not, absolutely, if not but one of the top five. But I don't think he's. Uh, you ever see him t- on, try to do a talk show? With I never Stubble? have. Well, it's boring. Th- look at some clips. Well, I think he's an interesting guy. You know, De Niro's a very unusual guy. I think, I think he's done a lot of crappy stuff, and I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't understand how much money do you need that you just. I know you want to work, and this is what you do for a living, and I get it, but you know. Yeah, he's done some shitty movies for yeah, sure. Like really shitty movies. Yeah. yeah, but I think that he's probably well. That what was the recent one he did? The Temp. I watched the ad and I just my whole soul started yeah. shaking like like I was freezing to death. Like, <sighs> yeah, you know, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> boy, he owns the restaurants. He's got the hotel in Vegas, Nobu. He's got a million restaurants. He's got the what? what, what? He's old too. He owns the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, I mean, like at what point in time are you gonna? What are you gonna do with that money when you die? Uh, Maybe he just enjoys doing shitty movies. Well, I don't think he enjoys shitty movies. I think he enjoys doing movies. <laughs> I'm not to say that there's a whole lot of great roles for right. him. Because like you said, he's 70-something years right. old. You know, Pacino seems to navigate them better. Yeah. Well, sort of. He does some shitty fucking movies, too. But I think these guys, you know, they get up in age and the the, the roles, they don't get offered the best roles. And then something comes along and it's not that good, but it's a lot of money. And they go, ah, fuck it. Who cares? And they just do it. And the other thing is a guy like Pacino, he has so much leeway because he can kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Same as, as De Niro. Like, what was that one movie De Niro did recently that was uh, fucking shit? It's the name of that movie. The movie with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. It was a big movie, and De Niro played. American uh, um, Hustle? Yes. Yeah, he was good, good in yeah. that. So he's still got it. He's still got it. He can still do it and, and seem like like a really dangerous fuck. It's still possible. Yeah. It's just he does, those, those, those roles don't exist that often. No, it doesn't. And, yeah. and as you, like you said, and as you, I think as you get older, too, yeah. and as physically, you know, you change. You know, yeah. just, like, just like a guy that was this wonderful leading man in his 30s, mm-hmm. you know, now he's a fucking bloated guy in his 50s. You know yeah. what I mean? He can't be the same guy. Yeah, you know? bloated. You know, right? <laughs> but right? Not, Val Kilmer, right? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, I worked with him. Yeah. How is he? He was nice, but out there. He's out there? I, I did a movie uh, in Detroit with him. He was way out there. I don't know if he remember. I heard he likes the mushrooms. Maybe he was on them that day. Yeah. Because uh, we shot a movie uh, out there, and he was way out there. He was heavy then, yeah. Uh, he did something in Africa with somebody, and they said he got whacked out on mushrooms while he was there. Running around a campfire, fucking lions in the background. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> but he was in Detroit. And he was uh, you know, nice enough, but. Well, he was in that movie, The Ghost in the Darkness. Remember that? No. No? Michael Douglas and him, they're fucking, they were uh, lion hunting in uh, Africa. They were working on a railroad. It was a fucking great movie. And oh, these really? two lions teamed up and started killing the railroad workers. Is it older? Yeah. It's like, uh, I want to say like 90-ish, well, that early, was, that was, early 90s. Wasn't that his prime? Oh, days, yeah. Right? When he was Batman? It's a, right? Yeah, it's a great fucking movie. The Ghost in the Darkness. Him and Michael Douglas. Oh, i got to look for that. Yeah, Michael Douglas before he got cancer from eating pussy. Yeah, Remember that? I don't believe Remember those that. days? You, you don't believe that? I don't know. From eating pussy, he's the only guy in the world that I know of. Well, it's, look, everybody's got to be a first. <laughs>
Yeah, there it is. That's the Ghost in the Darkness. It's a I didn't good know. fucking movie. That's man. when he played uh, uh, Top Jim, Gun. Jim Morrison too. Oh yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. Same uh, era. Same yeah. time. Yeah. I think that guy got too much pussy, lost his fucking mind, decided to try to eat himself to death, and it just didn't work out. And then he stayed alive and then had to lose you weight, have him come on back there. down. You should have him on this show. I would love to. I'm sure he would yeah, love I, to. I would imagine he wouldn't. Why wouldn't he come I on? I would have booze everywhere. I would just say, let's just do this. Come on, let's start You drinking. know what I think he did? One of those autographs. <laughs> I think he did one of those autograph shows. Autograph shows? You know the autograph shows? They have like, uh, like Chiller Theater and the Hollywood show where they sell your autographs. Oh, really? I think, and I think he did one, and he made like a hundred. A friend of mine told me he made like a hundred grand. Like he had the line was, you know. So he just sat down and signed. Sat down for and people? signed. That's what you, you know. You've heard of these things. Yeah, I'm sure you've been offered that. Uh, that never gets to me. You know. Oh well, that probably gets deflected. But uh, yeah, uh, they they just had one. They had one in Jersey. You know where they had like Eric Estrada, the other guy from Chips, the other yeah. guy. You know, or Good Times. Yeah. You know they have the cast, and you know there's guys from my show have done it. I I don't want to do it. I've never done it. Right. I I personally feel it takes a little piece of your soul. When they walk by you and go, oh, do I want to buy Eddie Munster's picture <laughs> or Bobby Bacala? All right, I'll go with Eddie. <laughs> I think that takes your fucking soul, Joe. It's gotta, it's gotta take a chunk. I mean, come on. Well, I just also think that making people pay for a signature is fucking crazy. Yeah, you know. I, I, but I, I'm with you. I do gotta admit, it's a little annoying when you run into those guys at the airport and they got a stack of shit. And they want you to sign ten of them well, and you want to sell are, them. Well, that's that's not a fan. That's yeah, a, you they're know selling what they're them. doing? They're selling them or they're they're wholesaling. Mm -hmm. To another guy, you know, they just up the ladder. Like maybe, oh. maybe he says, "All right, Rogan's going to be there. I'll give you ten dollars for Most each." Most of the time, I'll just sign one. And this one guy was giving me a hard time. I go, "Dude, I'm not working for you. Yeah. Do you understand? I'm working." He goes, "He's like, I took a train here." I, I go, "Dude, I don't give a fuck. I didn't ask you." The to. only thing is for me. Sometimes it's easier just sign the fucking yeah. things. I but don't even want to have the stack. conversation. Yeah, I'm like get just out of like here with sign those. Sign the things and move on. You know? Well, you know, I mean, you could do it real quick, but it, the whole idea behind it is weird. He's like getting you to do something, then he's going to sell. And it. then they're going to put it on eBay or whatever. Yeah. They well, they all have the same standard stuff. They have a microphone they want you to sell. Some of them have an MMA glove they want, or they, oh, they want you to sign. Okay. A, uh, MMA glove they want you to sign. Pictures. It's I'll see pictures and I see pictures and I go, where'd you get that? I don't even have that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Where they yeah, they get well. They they get them and then they know where you're gonna be. Well, a glove with your signature that would be worth something, I guess. Probably like five bucks, maybe. Probably cost you more in gas to yeah, get but to me and get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a fucking guy once that had fake shit. Uh, a guy emailed me um, and he said, "Hey, is this your signature?" And that was a news radio script with all the cast members. Uh -huh. I go, not only is that not my script, all those scripts, all those signatures are fake. All wow, Andy Dick's, because I knew Andy's signature. He had a very distinct signature. And Phil Hartman had a very clean, distinct signature. I'm like, these are all fake. Yeah, I saw one. We we did this uh, a poster from Cigar Aficionado magazine that was floating around. We all signed them. And, you know, we used to sign a lot of stuff. At the end of the read-throughs for The Sopranos, they would have a stack of stuff for our, for charity and whatever right. to sign. And I, it's hanging in a restaurant in New York on fifty uh, on Sixth Avenue. It's not my signature. Whoa! It's hanging up. It's it's you know like seven of us. But it's not my signature. How crazy is that? Yeah, somebody, Someone's got a fake signature hanging up on a nice restaurant. Bobby Bacala with a fat, fake stomach. That's it's from the days when I wore the fat stone. Oh, they made you put like a prosthesis on, For two on, years, right? yeah. Then I got fat enough on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get fat enough just so you don't have to wear that no, thing? No, no. One day, Chase, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, when I first got the role, 
I was seeing all these jokes like your cows on with legs and your fat fuck and your thing, and I'm going, I'm not that much fatter than Gandafini. I yeah. was starting to think that maybe they cast the wrong guy. I'm not joking. I'm saying, could it be? I mean, these jokes don't make sense. And then they call, oh, you got to come in for a fat suit. So I wore oh, this ridiculous wow. thing. Then the second year, they made it like a really nice one, like a costume, <laughs> like a costume shop. It had like tits and everything. And uh, a costume shop in uh, like a Broadway costume thing. And uh, and then one year I was going back and I was at a fitting for the, the fourth year, you know, like the, the next year. And uh, he looked at me and he went, yeah, you don't have to wear that anymore. I said, all right. So I'm assuming. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. At first, <laughs> at first I was prancing around. They, they had an ass on me, too, like a big ass. They put a fake ass Yeah, on and him. he was going, ah, not too big. And I was, like, going, walking back and forth, like, Oh, parading. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's fucking humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Landisberg, remember the comment? He said to me, did they ask your permission to do that? And I said, no, Steve. He said, I wouldn't have fucking did that. I went, well, I wouldn't have got the job, you know? That was a weird time when The Sopranos came out because all of a sudden there was like a lot of fake mob guys, a lot of fake connected guys, well, a lot of fake Italian. You know what I mean? They're like, still around. I call it gig, Guinea Actors Guild. Gag. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like that acting that way became in fashion. They started. They they used to hang around wherever we were. They really? were around. They were extras. They was. They're still around. But there was. You know, we did an appearance in the casino. We just do a lot of that stuff, you know. They were everywhere. They were everywhere. They were hoping to get on the show. Hey, come on, you did the show. I could do the, I could do the show. Oh, I no. I remember Michael Imperioli one time. We were up in uh, Reno, and there was one of them guys, oh. and he was playing blackjack, and, you know, and uh, he said, come on, put me on the show. I could do what you do. I, Michael oh. just went off on him. I've been fucking trying for 20 years, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've been acting. And you, you know, and he got... He he hit Michael, and Michael was right. He got really pissed off. This is just one of those fucking goombas, you know. And the guy, I could do what you do. You know? Oh, they're like, the worst. Exactly. There's like this. There's, there's wannabes, but there's something about Guinea wannabes. Oh, they just, are, uh, there's a lot. Me. There's a handful out here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah there's plenty. Yeah. And the thing here, they congregate together. Yeah. When they try to like clang up, hey Joe, you're Italian, right? Yeah. You're Italian, 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 you're you know what? Unless, and I get a lot of scripts, Joe, you know, of that crap. You know, they make these, I call them backyard movies, you know. Yeah. You're never going to see them, you know, right. whatever, they're getting paid. I'm not interested because it's that same thing. I'll fuck you, I'll break your fucking mm. head. You're gonna, oh, you know who I am? You know who my uncle is? It's like a Don Marrera sketch. Absolutely. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true, but they write this. And I say, right. how does people give them the money? How do you get the money to make these movies? Well, I think for a I, while people were making them just because Sopranos was so popular. But now, uh, unless you're going to beat Sopranos, Goodfellas, you know, the, 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 what's the great mob movies? Sopra you know, uh, Sopranos, show, Sopranos, Goodfellas, Goodfellas Casino, Casino. Uh, Ra uh, Raging Bull had mob sure. elements, right? Great right. movie. Uh, what am I missing? There, there was, uh, There's got to be a few of them. You know, some great, you know, great, great mob movies. But right. Now, after The Sopranos, I mean, you don't see you know, The Godfather, Godfather 1, right, 2, you know, there, there, there was some. But 
You're going to have to beat that. Then they tried. They tried to do some mobby stuff. Uh, Ray Donovan's work, and that's a good show. That's a good show. But that's from an Irish perspective. Well, I think what happened with those movies was, or or, uh, that show, rather, is it it was those, you had a movie every week. Exactly. So, like, every subject was covered. Betrayal, gambling, pussy, murder. It was funny. It was funny. Funny elements. It was very smart. That was something, you know, I would go, I would be around and people go, I don't like that show you're on. I'm Italian. Have you ever oh, seen the show? Yes. Have you ever seen the show? No, I haven't seen it. It's like, it's like, I somebody, I, I, I don't, I don't watch porn. I hate porn. Have you ever seen it? No. Well, then how do you know you don't like it? Or did you see it? Or do you watch it? You know what I mean? But they're, they're, they're holding signs up. Hey, well, no porn. Uh. Well, that was a big thing, right? The Italian-American blah, oh, blah, blah society was protesting you, against I, it. How about this story? I wrote a kid's book, Nikki Deuce. Okay, uh, it took place in Brooklyn, and we turned it into a movie for Nickelodeon. You know, which I we did, and it's one of Gandolfini's last movies. And I had Michael Imperioli in it, and Sirico, and uh, uh, and Nickelodeon made the movie. But when I was when I wrote the book, I was doing book signings, and you know, it's about a kid fish out of water who goes back to Brooklyn. He grew up in the suburbs, and he winds up with uh, a kid Italian neighborhood Benson Harris in Brooklyn. And it gets into some mischief. I don't even call it trouble. but So this guy kept writing uh, letters and shit and killing me on the internet and, and writing letters to the bookstores ahead of me getting there. You know, like saying that he's, uh, you know, derogatory against Italians and he's uh, now he's bringing kids into it and blah, 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 blah. So finally, I get the guy's number and I call the guy. I swear to you. I say to him, listen, I think his name is I think his name is Anthony. I said, listen, Anthony, blah 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 blah. This is the world I know. Like rappers rap about what they know. This is what I know, you know? And uh he said to me, I said, you know, uh what can I do? Tell me what I can do. Let's fix this. I mean, because you know, you know, you you blah 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 blah. He said, Well, you can make a donation to my organization. It was the Italian American bullshit. I said, You gotta be kidding me, and I hung up on it. <laughs> True story. You tried to it. shake me down. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of when the movie came out, we got some heat for the Nicky Deuce movie. Really? And it's not really about mob. It's you people know, just want attention. I mean, exactly. You they know, want attention. And, and they did that with the Sopranos. But people would say all the time, you know, Joe. Uh, yeah, I don't watch the thing. I'm an Italian. You guys talk bad about Italians. No, they didn't. They 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 showed what really was. I thought it was very authentic. You know. Oh well, the Sopranos is as authentic as it gets. If you know anybody like that, you know those people exist. Absolutely, and I to think pretend was, they don't exist is offensive. Exactly, and I think it was a story that needs to be told. I don't yeah. think uh, we're putting Italians down. This is what it is. Well, it was know? such a fascinating show because Gandolfini was a bad guy, like his character but Tony you're Soprano. For him. Yeah. You're rooted for a bad guy. <laughs> a murderer. You're rooted for a murderer who cheated on his wife, yeah. stole, robbed, shook people down. Absolutely. But he was your guy. He was, I think, the first, I, I think, I could be wrong, the first like anti-hero that people rooted for on television. I think you're right. I, I, I can't imagine Before anybody. that, it was, you know, you, you root for the guy, you know. Well, he was a real anti-hero. You know, I yeah, mean, so a, murderer, a murderer. A con man. I mean, all the above. Stole it, it, they, they didn't just do it to people in the mob. They did it to people, you know, like on the show. They wasn't just within each other. Yeah. They went outside. They were robbing yeah. people and, yeah. and, and busting up, uh, uh, you know, businesses yeah. and doing all the stuff that they do. Yeah. You know?
It was great. <laughs> show was good. It was very smart. It. it was a very smart show. And if it were, if they put it back on now, they would get higher ratings than some of their shows now. I, I bet they would. It's well, it was so good. I think a lot of people forgot how good it was, and it also changed a lot. If you go to the first episode, the first episode was essentially like a slapstick comedy. You remember that? No, I don't. You remember Lorraine Brock? Not Lorraine Brocko. Uh, who was the woman that played uh, his wife? Edie Falco. Edie Falco. Edie Falco had a fucking machine gun, and like uh, the the, the oh, daughter was trying to sneak I, I out. I haven't she's, seen it in years. She's outside with a machine gun, oh, pointing funny. at her. It was way more slapsticky. It was weird. It was but, like a comedy. Well, they shot the uh, the show aired in '99, right? I think they shot that like in '98, if I'm not mistaken. Really? If I'm not mistaken, in 98, I, I believe, or 97 even, they go back and then it took six months and then they started shooting them. You know, mm. well, uh, how how David Chase did it, he didn't do it like a regular show where you shoot it and then in three weeks it's on the air. You know, he put them all in the can. They were finished and locked and, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he, you know, you finished your, your whatever it took, nine months. And then he edited them and blah, 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 and then they aired. You know, it was done a completely different way. Wow. You know, also, they would, uh, they would, you know, if they didn't like what you did, I mean, he replaced you and you never even knew it. Really? Yeah, he replaced you. You know, like uh, I, I had a scene with a guy and they called back, you know, a month or so later and said, you got to shoot the scene again with a different actor. For whatever reason, whether... You know, the guy didn't do a good job or uh, he looked too young or too old or just didn't fit. He had the he had the uh, capacity to just shoot it again. If, it, if a scene didn't work, he rewrite the scene. You shoot the scene again, you know, three months later. What's interesting about those kind of shows, too, is that they're so big and so popular that you become that character. Whoever that character is, you become that guy, and yeah. you're that guy forever. Well, that's, of course. I mean, that, and that, that's yeah. part of the deal. That's okay. I had no career before that, so it's not but like... Not, uh, I'm not saying know. with you, but I'm saying, uh, like, there's some people that have... Like, you've worked since then, yeah, and you'll continue yeah. to work. But there's some people that were on that show that were really famous when that show was on the air, and they vanished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're in the, you know, you got... People all over the world watching it. I mean, I've been stopped with people literally from all over the world that have watched this show. It was like a cult hit like nothing that ever hit before. Like Big Pussy's Big Pussy for the rest of his fucking yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Vinny's also, he, he embraces that too, you know what I mean? He right. embraces that. For him, it works. And right. He's okay. He works. He does his things. No, he's always going to work. He's a very good actor. Yeah, and he's got his music. He's a musician and stuff. But I, I hear you. you know, yeah. Especially the name, Big Pussy. That was a big thing. Well, People like to say that. Yeah, yeah, you know? they do like to say that. But also his, the, you know, the scene in the movie when they kill him, like the whole the whole way it plays out, it was very intense. It's like, whoa, I can't believe they killed Big Pussy. Well, that was the big thing. Spoiler too. alert. It was the first time, uh, too, a regular cast member gets killed. Yeah. I mean, they're not killing, the, you know, uh, the guy from Friends. You right, know? exactly. David Schwimmer ain't getting killed, yeah. you know. Oh, one, you know, one Friday night, oh, my God, they killed David Schwimmer. There's five friends now, yeah. you know. So yeah. that was a, a big character that gets killed, and then big characters kept getting killed, which is why guys were worried. I mean, it was a c real concern that you yeah. were going to get killed off the show. The oh, more yeah. material they gave you, yeah, the more of a shot you're getting killed. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and let's not kid ourselves. It's not just 
you know, you're out of work. They just put you out of work in the what? biggest show. That, like when, that, when Gandolfini killed Imperioli. I was like, whoa, yeah. holy shit. Pinched his nose there. Yeah, whatever. like what But But, the but you know fuck? what? Once you made it into the last season, it was like, hey, listen, you know, we, right. you, you, you know we're done, you're paid, however the story ends. It's probably better. If yeah. I would have got killed early on, I would have felt really shitty, I'll tell you. And right. saw all the stuff that happened because, you know. Right. You know what I mean? And right. Plus, you know, we, didn't make, we started making money. Towards the middle and the end, you know, not the guys at the beginning weren't making a lot of money. Well, those shows are hard to make money on, aren't they? Like HBO is. No, nah, they, they don't worry. You know, HBO pays, <laughs> and they pay now even better. And the shows off the air nine years. Wow. No, you know, we wind up, you know, and then there was other money coming in because you had opportunities to do other shit, you know. Well, that show was also groundbreaking in that it was one of the first shows like that, and now HBO specializes in those kind of shows. Uh, and, and so does AMC, do. mm-hmm. and so does Showtime. Yep, yep. I mean, you know. Yeah. It all kind of came from The Sopranos. This is the first time that they're hiring, a, you know, a, a fat, bald guy. You know, Jim right. wasn't a leading man. You right. Know? I mean, they they wanted, you know, you figure the good looking mob guy, you know what I mean? But he was intense and charismatic oh. and what a Bro, fucking actor girl, he was. The too. girls loved him. And, yeah. you know, we used to joke, you know, they say TV puts 10 pounds on you. I say it takes 50 off you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was just, it was a, such an interesting character. He was so intense. And like when he got into that murderous rage, like, you fucking bought it hook, line, and sinker. Absolutely. When you acted with him, you didn't have to, uh, you know, you didn't have to act scared. Like, if it was a scene, I got to be scared, you got to yell at me. You know, you was fucking, you know. He gave you the whole thing, you know. Yeah. When we had that fight, you know, me and him had that fight in the first episode of that last season. I mean, you know, we shot that for a day and a half. Whoa. That was tough. He was choking me. He said, <laughs> he said listen, you know, let's try to take this as far as we can. And we fucking took it. I was pulling his hair. He was fucking choking me. I was getting cut from the... I was wearing a you know necklace, you know. I was getting cut from that. I mean, we were banged up. Wow. Banged up, for real. And that's why it looked real. It was like two fat, out-of-shape guys fighting. the fuck out of each I mean, other. they don't... You know, guys, it's not Steven Seagal. Where, right. You know what I mean? You know, look, you, you, you know. What the hell? This was like a fight. Like a- so when you do something like that, like how hard do you hit each other? You know, as hard as you, you know you could without really hurting, and he had said that. Let's go as far as we could, and we were, you know. But he, how do you he do was that? Saying, saying, pull my hair, pull my hair. <laughs> you know, he's fucking pulling his hair, and, and he's choking me. Go ahead, go further. You know, you know. Like I said, we, you know, we're good friends. You, you know, if you do it with a stranger, it could get a little yeah. funky. You know what I mean? Like, hey, well, you know, you know. I had a fight scene on the TV once. I accidentally punched a guy in the face. I meant to miss his face, but I, they threw a drink in my face, and I was supposed to punch him, but I was supposed to, like, punch by him. I hit him right on the jaw. And he got, did he go down? He went, Ugh! like, you see, but I didn't, I didn't hit him hard, oh. but I hit him, you know, and, like, you could see the look in his face, like, you weren't supposed to hit me, like, keep, just keep going. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, I had to apologize, and it was... Well, was he okay? Yeah, he was okay, but you could see his, you know, when someone, especially if you're not used to getting hit on the jaw, and you see that, that, dunk, yeah, that yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the shock and the sparks... But fight scenes like that, like your fight scene with Gandolfini or, you know, some movies you watch people punch each other and kick each other like that guy just hit that guy. Yeah. Like that, that Sometimes, was, you know, and, and look, I think it's I know there was listen, guys on the show he, smack me, really smack me. 
Jesus. You know, they want that, you know, hit me. You know, yeah. you know, you know. I've seen that on a lot of stuff that I've done. And then some guys don't want no part of it, no way, no how. But go ahead, smack me, you know. Get the makeup girl and cover it and smack me again, you know. Jesus. You want that real reaction. <laughs> yeah, no, It's I like guess. eating, eating on it. I'm a big believer in eating, you know. I know you, you get sick of eating, but eat that steak. I'll eat that fucking, you know, steak. In the movie. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the show, in the movie, you know. I'll, so I'll, just keep bringing steaks out? Yeah, bring eating. it out. I'll just keep eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and not not because I'm a glutton, because I think it looks real. Yes, I mean not the little by you know. If you if you noticed, I'm I'm a little kooky, so I notice shit like that. Look, they didn't really eat that, you know. Yeah, well, that's the worst. <laughs> is when you see someone who's eating a half-eaten steak, and then the next cut, uh, yeah, it's like a quarter-eaten steak, so you know or three quarters eaten. You know, like, what would you put steak back? You know, it's the worst thing. I, I don't smoke, and I've never smoked cigarettes. You know. Uh, you see people smoking on TV, and they can't smoke. Well, they don't know what they're doing. I know. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wouldn't know. I don't I know couldn't. how. I mean, what what is the difference? I mean, how, what I is the difference? I don't know. Do you, you, you don't smoke cigarettes. No. Do you? But what would be the difference? I, mean, I don't know. There's a thing. In hold the- it in your hand. <laughs> do you smoke? I think it's a casual thing. You know, it's like you, you like how comfortable are you with it? I know, but you see people that aren't. You know, like I've been asked. I said I'll smoke a cigar, which I don't even do that, but I could. Handle, yeah, I can well, handle a c- that. cigar seems like so unusual that anybody could do it. Yeah, you know, it's a cigarette. You see people. You got this guy's not a smoker. You know? Yeah, no, cigarette smokers do get crazy about that. Well, there's certain things like here's the one that drives everybody the most nuts. That's a musician when you see someone fake playing a guitar, yeah, 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 yeah. like someone's really jamming out, and you know they're not really hitting any of the notes. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah don't yeah. even show his fingers, you fuck. Stop it. Or a guy's trying to cook or something. You know, there's yeah. things that you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. do your homework. You know? Yeah, I would imagine the guitar one would probably be like the worst because there's so many complicated movements, and if you're like a person who actually knows how to play and you watch it, you would know that it's fake. Fighting is that way too, though. Like you watch fight scenes in movies, when you, you know, when you, like a boxing scene, you know? Yeah. Like Mark Wahlberg, I think he's a very good actor. But that movie, The Fighter, where he played Mickey Ward. Yeah. Like I'm watching him, but I'm like, this is, this is a guy that's not getting hit. Like he's boxing like no one's hitting him back. And what know? do you think about like the Rocky movies? Terrible. The, 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 the fight, fight scenes are terrible. Yeah, they're yeah, terrible. Yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> they're, they're atrocious. There's one movie, one guy, but they're great movies as far as like, look, when I was a little kid, I saw Rocky and I drank a fucking raw egg and I ran around the block. I never run in my life. I mean, unless I was playing <laughs> baseball or something. I never ran. But that movie made me go running. I wanted to go running. Ta-da, ta-da. Yeah, kind of. Well, that's got the excited. whole thing. You know? So the, the, it, wasn't, it wasn't that they were bad movies, but when you watch the boxing scenes, you're like, get the fuck out of well, here. Well, the Raging Bull, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was, good. That was Corey, uh, Corey Griff down to yes, the... Yes, it know. was. Well, he recreated essentially what happened with Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta. Uh-huh. But, the, but De Niro was a meticulous motherfucker in those days. Yeah. I mean, what, look what the kind of shape he got in for that movie. Absolutely. I mean, he looked like LaMotta. I mean, he looked like all a those, real killer. All those days are over. Yeah. Meticulous. Those days are over. Now he's doing <laughs> and the anything temp, that comes. Down the to temp. spring break. <laughs> spring break. <laughs> he had no shirt on in spring break. Oh, You know who did the best boxing movie, though? Daniel Day-Lewis. He did that movie, The Boxer. He apparently lived like a boxer for a whole year for that movie. Although he does that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, and you watch him box though, like he's boxing like a boxer. He's not boxing. I didn't a guy see that. Who won't Is that what it's back. called, The Boxer? Yeah, yeah, it's called The Boxer. He, he plays uh, an IRA guy that gets released from prison and goes back to boxing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's good. Very good. Very good. He, uh, uh, my a buddy of mine was on, in the uh, Lincoln movie, and he stayed at Lincoln. 
as Lincoln for all that time. Oh, yeah. In and character. He was, and he was whittling oh, and Jesus. that thing. And <laughs> I swear. And then he, somebody said that he cut his, uh, he sliced his thumb. Yeah. And somebody yelled, uh, let there be blood. Oh, right? And uh, he got uh, got annoyed at that. I'm sure he did. Because he stays in character the whole yeah. time, I guess, unless he had a EX for, you know, to cut. And that what? Where they, he's a, he is above and beyond. That's a guy that loses him. Him, Christian Bale, they mm -hmm. lose themselves in the characters. A lot of people play, myself included. You know, I'm not going to play an English professor. You know what I mean, Joe? Yeah. I'm going to play a blue-collar guy, you know, whatever that is. But some guys... And those are two of them. Mm -hmm. They just completely disappear. Gary Oldman in the Gary day. Gary Oldman Especially also. in the day. Like, and Kevin Spacey used to a little oh, yeah. also. True true romance when Gary Oldman played the uh, the white guy with the dreadlocks, yep. the scar in his face. Completely. Yeah, but those are the four that I really, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're the four guys that you say. It's a craft. You know. When I mean. You, to hit that level. Yeah. It's a whole nother thing. It's a different thing, level. Man, it's a know? different level. And it then is. you see uh, successful actors play. Literally the same person over and over. Keanu Reeves? What did you just say? Yeah. But, no. you know. but he's good at it. I'll tell I, you. I like him and Jessica John Wick. Parker. So he plays the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that and that mm -hmm. and that. And, uh, yeah. And that's okay. She's successful and whatever. Well, yeah. Well, there's a lot of actors. When you go to see the movie, even though they're really good, you want to see them play that character. You know? Like Christopher Walken. I'm looking for him. I to, work for him. I work for him twice. I yeah. want him to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. I want him to be that guy. But it's got sometimes it's almost a caricature it is a character. now. You know. Yeah. You know. I did. Uh, I I've worked with him twice. He's a good guy. He's well, how funny, about Al Pacino? Funny. Every movie has to have a rant. There's gotta be some way. <laughs> There's a, every movie, he's got some crazy rant where he's got to go on this rant. I mean, it's, it's in the seen, script. Uh, there, there was an old Letterman clip that I saw. I just saw it like yesterday, the day before, Kevin Spacey doing Pacino to Pacino. Ah! Really, look for that. It's really funny. He does the thing, you know. Oh, that's yells. amazing. It's really funny. Oh, Kevin Spacey's a bad motherfucker on that Netflix show. Absolutely. Have you seen that Netflix show? Yeah, no, I don't. He's very good. It's He's very a big good. fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He, well, that's some, it's interesting that Netflix is doing stuff like that. They're put, they're putting out their own original uh, content. Different, now, different business model there. You know, it's yeah. a whole different deal. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not so worried. I don't know how many people watch it. Don't watch, but uh, that's a huge show. What the fuck is it called again? The fuck's the the, the Kevin Spacey? House of Cards. Thank you. How can I not remember that? He doesn't speak. He talks low. Sometimes. He wants to. <laughs> Does he ever jump in? He'll jump in if he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. Anything goes. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, but I just like that they can do that now. They can produce their own content. You know, they can do anything. Listen, uh, it's it's the way it's going. Have you, you seen know? that uh, Bill Burr show, F is for Family? Yeah. Did Bill ever work for you? No, but I, I you know, I hosted a, a thing at the Garden last year, Garden uh -huh. of Dreams. Uh, 5,500 people. It's a kids' charity. It's a good one. And it was Bill Burr, John Oliver, Louis Black, Dane Cook, and Billy Goddell. And uh, I met Bill. He's a funny guy. He's a great guy. He's funny and I he's love a good guy. guy. He's a real good guy. He's a good guy. I asked him. Uh, what you see is what you get. He, he's a really funny guy. I mean, uh, and you know what? I had seen him on another charity, the Comedy Central, that thing. And that's the first time I had seen him. But he's been around, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's uh, he was fun. makes me laugh a lot. There's not that many comics that make me laugh. Laugh. He's one of the best ever. He's yeah. a Boston guy. 
Yeah. yeah. He, he, there's not too many guys. By know? the way, he bakes a hell of a pie. Oh, really? Yeah, pie baker. <laughs> he makes pumpkin pie. It's fucking delicious. Really good. He gets into it. He makes his own crust. He's got to start selling them. Sell them. Sell them. Yeah. I'm already going to get in trouble because I'm, I'm late. All right, brother. I, I, I ran this long. Right. It was great so, seeing you, Please, man. anytime. Whenever you're in town, let's do this more often. Guy. Are you I'll, here often? Uh, no, I haven't been because I've been working. I've been doing the Blue Bloods. But, when was the last uh, time you were here? It's been about, I'd say, close to a year. Anytime. Please, uh, let me it's know. It's a pleasure. If really. I'm in New York, maybe I, I need to go to New York and just set up let's shop go, there in New York go. and do a bunch of let's, podcasts uh, down there. That would be good. It would be. Got a bunch of guys. So uh, how do people get your sauce one more time? UncleStevesNY.com. You could get it also. Albertsons, Fairway, Whole Foods. Fonds, pavilions. Go to our website, UncleStevesNY.com. You and can it see really, everything. It really is good sauce. Like and I know that. That's legit. why I sent it because I knew. Because if you hated it, and that would be fine. I would, you know, if you didn't like it, you could tell me you don't like it, and we wouldn't talk about it. It's really but good. There's not one person that told me it's bad. Beautiful. All right. Steve Shripper, ladies Great and gentlemen. Great talking to you, man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Thanks to Onnit. Go to O-N-N-I-T, use the code word ROGAN, save 10% off any and all supplements. Thanks to Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in J-R-E. That's Stamps.com. Enter J-R-E. Thank you to Viral Style. Go to ViralStyle.com. Use the code word ROGAN at checkout and get 10% off your purchase. That's viral style and use the code word Rogan at checkout. Thanks also to Caveman Coffee for keeping us caffeinated through this motherfucker. Go to CavemancoffeeCO.com and get yourself some of that single source, single family, single origin goodness. Uh, we'll be back. Um, next time we're going to be back is Saturday with uh, Lewis from Unbox Therapy, my friend. And that will be a lot of fun. And that will be um, Saturday afternoon. So until then, uh, enjoy your life. Much love. Bye-bye. Big kiss.